to Big Red Couch, a podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, audience, to this, the 108th episode of The Big Red Couch. Today on the couch, we have... Craig. And Ben. And we are attempting to make game ideas out of... Some sort of form of word salad, as far as I can tell, submitted by Will Myers. Prompt goes, the boy was the spouse of justice and a slave to science. I mean, it's no purple monkey dishwasher in terms of <laughs> word salad. Yeah, it's, but it's, um, like, I guess it's grammatical. It's just that the, uh, it's very much a, I know what those, those, those words mean individually kind of sentence, but. Well. Do you think? Do you think Will is taking the piss? I'm, I, I, I'm hoping he is. Yeah. Our, our entire sort of thing is that we're kind of taking the piss of role playing games and podcasting in general. So I guess that's entirely fair. True. It, it is very much the the tism approach to to podcasting that much like the the uh, much like tism with the musical world that they recognise that they have no talent, so they try to drag everybody else down to their level. Yes. We're applying this to podcasting in an attempt to drag RPG podcasting down to the point where we sound good. <laughs> it's not working, but, you know, you've got to have dreams. Just because like, a plan hasn't worked for 107 times in succession, plus bonus episodes, is no reason to suspect that it will fail this time. Chirp. Indeed. Chirp. <laughs> no reason to expect it will succeed either, but, you know, that, that let's not keep score. <laughs> So what you're basically saying is we're stable. Yes. <laughs> if not if not cooling, but yes. Mm. <laughs> I I guess we want to explain the Tism reference to people who have never heard of Tism. I mean I've I've always assumed you just link them to he'll never be an old man river and leave it at that. Well You've gotta give them some some warning. Fair enough. Uh they are a band. Allegedly. Alleged they're an alleged band who claim to be made up of musically talentless people from Australia who I think their the most famous number is a song about the demise of River Phoenix called He'll Never Be an Old Man River. And references every tragic loss via drugs of a musical um, icon up till you know, the, late ni- the late 90s when it was recorded. And true. Including Mama Cass. Yeah, yeah. Very catchy lyrics and um, just just utterly tasteless, tasteless sentiment. I do actually have one of their albums, uh, Machiavelli and the Four Seasons. Does TISM stand for This Is Serious, Mum? That, I believe, is is one of the stories. And all of them are true. All of, uh, yes, because the, the band appears in, it appeared in, I don't believe there, uh, there's a Facebook group I, I belong to, they're trying to get them to um, do a reunion, but they always appeared in balaclavas and odd get-ups, and... They're very Australian. We'll link some stuff in the show notes. You may not thank us. Yeah, that's better. You should probably start not thanking us now, just to get it all in in time. <laughs> and, and speaking of things that you shouldn't thank us for... You have something you want to share with the class? I came up with a couple of ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them very much at the last minute. The other one is a, is a carefully honed piece of alleged content. 
which which involved actual research into a surprisingly untapped area of the RPG sector. I know you're lying, but I'm not sure in what way. And that is why you fail. <laughs> how, how about you? Did you come up with anything? Yeah, I came up with a couple of ideas. And um, Zercher on the forum um, actually contributed a mechanical notion, which kind of aligns with mine. So, Ew. yeah, could be interesting. All right. Oh, well, how, how do we want to do this? Do you want to go first? Shall I go first? You should go first. All right, I will. I will go with the first, the first of the ideas, which was mostly based off how the boy was the sl- the spouse of justice and a slave to science sounds. Because I can imagine some kind of camp revival, tr- traveling tent preacher proclaiming that in a vaguely accusatory way. Fair enough. You started with camp, and I was all carry on at that point but no no you you brought it back around that's fine um i thought it sounded like a title of a gene wolf novel but that that kind of Mm. that goes to what i was thinking of yeah um no no, that makes sense yes that's kind of sort of declamatory and slightly obscure language i i can see it yes so i then started trying to figure out well okay how do how do i how do i come up with a setting where that's a thing that somebody could say somewhat seriously or at least intentionally yeah and so what i came up with is the idea of supernatural or possibly mythological entities sort of Mm -hmm. verging on deities have attended a church service now i i was yeah i sort of started off imagining this uh, as being your your canvas tent revival type type church but i think it would actually work better if it was either a small village church or a place that hasn't got a dedicated building for churching as it were but is kind of a stable community and these entities there's a dispute that's at the level where if they don't get this sorted somehow it is going to turn into an all-out cross pantheon war And so, as kind of a last-ditch effort, when nothing else has worked, they have selected, okay, this congregation, we're going to go to them, this bunch of mortals, who have no specific stakes in this, aside from the fact that they're living on what's going to be the battlefield, if it all goes (laughs) to hell. Right. And we're going to plead our cases in front of them, and get them to decide. That's extremely noble for what sound like petty vindictive gods excellent oh yeah um and so yeah i mean the game is about these people who are just dumped into this ridiculous but also extraordinarily high stakes situation it's more about them than it is about the impending war right system wise i'm not really sure how to to go about it i did go and look up to see whether there was such a thing as a courtroom drama RPG out there. However, the only thing I could find that is an an RPG about courtroom drama is a game called, and I am not making this up, Sea Dracula. C-S-E-A as in ocean, Dracula? Indeed. C as in ocean, Dracula oh. as in Dracula. 
Not as in Dick and Jane, as in Sea Dracula, Sea Dracula Fly. Nope. Cool, cool. Sea Dracula, Ocean Going Dracula, presumably. Okay. Um, The description of the game, because this is available for one entire dollar on DriveThruRPG, the description of the game is this. Animal City is a magical town full of hardworking, talking animals with crazy names and silly opinions. The city is famous for its nonsensical legal system, where the lawyers are responsible not just for prosecuting cases, but also for fighting monsters and throwing parties. This was the legendary legal system pioneered by that great giraffe lawyer, Sea Dracula. Sea Dracula is a dancing role-playing game by award-winning game designers Nick Smith and Jake Richmond. Play by pretending to be crazy animal lawyers who are prosecuting an important case in Animal City's highest court. Hmm. That is definitely different. I've heard of one other trial-based role-playing game, but that one definitely sounds more like the legal dispute contest kind of thing. And it has a giraffe called Sea Dracula in it. Indeed. What's the one you've heard of? Because it might fit more with what I'm going for is in, in this game. Mm, probably not. I was thinking of Bugtopia. I think I've mentioned it many moons ago on the podcast, which is basically a... What was it? Bugtropolis? I think it's Bugtopia. The, um, it's a trial of a, one of, of a bug in this insect society, but it, the insect society is extremely cast-ridden and and is by no means a fair trial and basically it's a little i think it's a little couple of pages that somebody put out and need to research up those details but it is more of a experience the injustice for yourself kind of game (laughs) okay yeah so it's um it sounds like if there's definitely silly lawyers trying to 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 hash out silly precepts sounds a bit more appropriate see dracula may be a little bit too silly in this context, because the, the the actual system is based around dance-offs. Right. Okay. So we need. So there is actually a, a niche in the RPG market for a more silly, or say no more silly than Phoenix Wright legal contest role-playing game. It would appear so. I mean, I think, given my own appalling uh, lack of moves, as it were. Uh, if I was going to run a game of Sea Dracula, I'd try to get... There was a thing that you could get for the one of the editions of PlayStation. I'm assuming you still can. It was basically a camera that attached to the PlayStation and could kind of more or less figure out where people were. And there were games based around it being able to track the movements of an actual person. I'm going to assume there was some degree of dance or synchronized motion game in there. So I'd probably use that over, say, Dance Dance Revolution or the everybody-freestyle approach? To be honest, the I don't think the addition of legitimately silly novelty gadgets would be a huge advantage. It'd probably just make the whole thing a bit more unwieldy and strange. If you're going to do... If you're going to commit to do freestyle dance-offs, you might as well just do it organically and go with the rule of the crowd. So if you're going to suck at this, you're going to suck at it analogue. Yeah, and, and also that means that the, the group can decide when somebody clearly is, is you know, frighteningly Caucasian, but is making an effort. Someone naturally doesn't feel like expressing themselves in in movement, but is giving it a go. You know, the, the crowd feels, feels that, you know, 
they can it's obviously not a game that you want to make it make a extremely competitive uh screw the other guy over kind of thing you want to make it more of a um as far as as far as the the dance off part is concerned maybe the rest of it is more machiavellian but the, you know you want you want to introduce that as being a inclusive kind of enc- encouraging thing that's fair. I, I see where you're going with that. So the, the murder on the dance floor um, approach may not be the best way to go. Yes, I just name-dropped name a Sophie Ellis Bexer track. Mic drop. That didn't really work, did it? No. Never no, mind. No. Um, that, that, <laughs> They're on stands for a reason, dude. <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, yeah, and, and are probably badly damaged unless they're that like, one indestructible thing that I think it's sure did. But I digress. Um, yeah. If if we were if I wasn't going to go with the C Dracula approach, I would probably go with a system based off some of the social sort of social manipulation systems in various fate games, where you you turn the argument into more or less a combat landscape, and dice rolls and interactions kind of move the various parties around them, because presumably the goal of the parishioners is to come up with some sort of negotiated solution to this wrangle without somebody going off the handle and going all smitey hmm yes i I definitely like that part of the um the notion i'm pretty sure we've had something like this before the idea of of mere mortals being dragged into a conflict between powerful entities and basically going right you decide i was like fuck I don't remember it, but it, to be honest, there's been a lot of episodes. Uh, stuff gets lost. If we're out repeating stuff by now, I don't know what's gone wrong. That's fair. Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's interesting. And and so, what's what's the what's the, the 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 crux of the conflict? Is the is the boy in question part of that? I I think the the crux of of the conflict will have something to do with the boy. I mean, possibly the entire thing could get done as one of those very much flashback heavy make up the narrative as you go along stories where what the actual problem is isn't really what needs to be solved the problem is that nobody knows what the hell happened right right so yeah structure it like a a the courtroom drama kind of thing but then hit call witnesses and say oh this is why yeah somebody comes up with why is this witness being called and you do the cross-examination thing to find out more about what actually happened and discover the, the cause of it yeah so you make it like a, a recursive structure where at the yeah, at the top you have this the charge or the the, the, the the claimants and then you start sort of recursing down until you find a point where it naturally feels like it started to roll back up again you start resolving things yeah and presumably if we take the the thing exactly as written you've got the boy who is mar- um, married to justice. So possibly it's one of those maintaining the estate deals, marriage of convenience, but is also in some way owned by science. Hmm. So it could be a, a simple property dispute that um, science is now claiming that because they own the boy, they therefore own everything that justice has as well. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's some sort of legal wrinkle that means that, yeah, yeah, I get it. 
Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So we're, we'd be in the market for a high-tension courtroom drama RPG uh, system. Yeah. It does sound like this would be something which would be a good a good scenario for a very compact set of rules. There, yeah, so it's not so your lawyers don't have swimming and climbing and sword fighting as as ancillary stuff, but it's a very very structured, focused set of stuff about it, declaiming in a courtroom. Yeah, I do quite like the idea that what the hell is actually going on kind of emerges during play. Yeah. I mean, you could probably come up with a terrifying fiasco mod for this. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, that might be the best way to go. Um, yeah, it'd be a bit Rashomon kind of thing. Mm. It's a, so sort of sort of retro fiasco. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So the idea of the rather than that things things did unspool and become chaotic, and this is kind of the recap. Rather than things unspooling and becoming chaotic in real time. So this is Matlock the RPG. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. There's probably a market for that. <laughs> well, that, that that was my idea number one. Okay. My idea number uh, number one kind of overlaps. Really? Wow. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I was also taking the, the, the idea of a, not quite religious, but the veneration of concepts, the veneration of these these ideals of justice and science, uh, and but putting them to, say, a a Roman context. So instead of having a temple to Zeus or a temple to Hera or something, you have the temple of justice or the temple of science and so forth. And these the society either either is hyper-rational or believes it is hyper-rational by venerating these rational concepts. They may not actually be very rational. Okay. And part of this sort of this observance of these things, they assign young people to serve in these temples and be functionaries and so forth. And in some cases, some individuals are just so talented and obviously suited for certain things, they might get poached. And the idea that you are a bunch of justice acolytes or something trying to recover the your 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 comrade who has been seduced away by science and navigate what what is clearly a very weird different reality for the players to accomplish this task and the idea of a very sort of a very specific hierarchy in the society and you trying to do certain things and navigate it struck me as a, a pretty good weird world scenario it may not be something that would be ongoing but it might make a good like one shot for people running around going okay this place is crazy what are we doing here i am getting a mental image that's kind of a weird cross between divergent and harry potter mostly the sorting hat bit of harry potter oh okay i've not seen divergent so first film good Second film didn't grab. Haven't seen the third one yet. But I digress. What's the what's the, the the divergent part of the concept? The well, the gist of it is that you've got a society that is divided up into, should we say, philosophical approaches. Mm-hmm. Is very clan based, wrapped around those philosophical approaches that you you choose your your group and. That's it. Right. That's who you are. You're a member of blah. The groups interact, but 
the 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 affiliations are very serious and being outside of the system is a fodder for exciting YA novel more or less yes okay cool yeah. all right well there, there you go my ideas are apparently parallel with YA fiction quick get a contract <laughs> don't know if good or bad um yeah potentially lucrative potentially lucrative let's go with that that that's interesting because yeah the 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 idea of some brave hufflepuffs going off to rescue their counterpart who have been um um kidnapped by the allure of slytherin or in this case justice acolytes going off to deprogram and extract somebody who's been seduced by science Certainly did be as close to Scientology when you use that word, but yes. Um, Not my intention, but let's let's run with it. <laughs> yep. And also, I think it might be it might be important that the while the society has these expectations and the groups have these things, that they may be attempting to influence and act on behalf of an individual who is legitimately has other ideas and may be smart enough to be. Um, executing on them in a way that's not exactly perfectly aligned with the way society expects people to behave. Ah, so everybody's saying, but this, he would be perfect yeah, for justice. It's like he's married to justice. What's he doing sneaking into science all the time? Yeah. So, yes, somebody's decided into, to introduce the, the concept of disruptive theology. Hmm... Would you play it seriously for laughs? YA dystopiary? Not sure that's a real word. <laughs> kind of sounds like topiary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think maybe it played for dark comedy, sort of a paranoia kind of thing, without possibly the, um, you know, the the body count. Hmm. Like maybe Brazil. Okay, I can see it. You've got this rigid adherence to a society, a societal model that may not actually work that well, or may not work that well anymore. Or has a has a specific way. It functions perfectly fine, unless somebody has, has somebody figures out how to uh, you know, unsettle it. And but the the boy in question may just be the the person. Hmm. The disruptive element, as it were. <laughs> it's like the uh, thing from The Simpsons. What? The boy is actually, actually exists? Oh, yeah. We assumed he was part of the delusion. <laughs> yeah, you need to find the right system, but there are plenty of them out there. Well, I think you could play this as a straight-action heroics kind of thing. But it would be... Very much, it would just... It would be the, the, the trolley on which the crazy story existed. Because it doesn't really... I'm not saying it's playing with too many meta-concepts other than this, the, the, the setting is quite bizarre. True. Yeah, it is actually yeah, the, the setting that's the big thing, not the, um, hmm. not the rest of it. Unless you kind of... Unless you... you, you you zoomed back to go, okay, now the players are actually trying to affect the society and do change, rather than just trying to solve this single problem in this weird setting. That might end up becoming something that the players get to decide. 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, it may it, as as you say, it may not be a sustainable society or game setting. It may just be somewhere else you visit. And go well. I'm glad we don't live there. If it turns out, because yeah, depending on how you wanted to go with the um, the, the YA dystopia um, gag, if it turned out that the entire reason that um, the boy. Uh, despite being so perfect for justice, is, is becoming a slave to science, has absolutely nothing to do with the allure of science and more to do with not being a great fan of the assigned breeding program, but being quite a fan of the um, the, the cute one in the lab coat over there. Hmm. Yeah, it could be uh, the, uh, the, 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 the cause for the discontent or whatever is going on could be completely mundane. Yeah, inadvertently introduced teenagerdom into their rigidly defined setting. That would be uh, any sort of YA dystopia that gets fixed by introducing the mindset of like the the classic Archie comics, I think would be brilliant. Yeah. I mean, depending on how you want to play it, you're seeing the rise of a, a new school, a school of thought that being teenagerdom. Yeah. The idea that, you know, that this, this oppressed, tightly controlled, Society is utterly undone by rock and roll and hamburgers and hanging out, because that's just an un- <laughs> unstoppable cultural force. <laughs> I'd find that amusing. Oh, that would be hilarious. The brutal totalitarian overlords are powerless in the face of chintzy novelty pop acts and teenagers having fun. People who've constructed a guitar and learned three entire chords. Yeah. yeah, literally having happy days overthrow the autocracy from equilibrium or something like that. <laughs> Just have it, for some bonkers reason, have it, the, the weaknesses. Oh no, the music, it's so catchy. Uh. <laughs> I like this idea. I, I am on board with this product. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's perfect for this one, but yes, it does sound... It, it actually sounds like the kind of com- the kind of thing that the players come up with in hour three and a quarter of the con game, and the GM goes, "Yep, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, let's <laughs> run with it. That's that is that that for this for this time and place is perfect, and we will go with that." Given that I once let a bunch of players weaponize oatmeal, yes. Yep. Cool. That is as good as that is as good a fix for that scenario as anything. So yeah. Nice. I like it. Well, yeah, I like it. What, what do we do now? Should we do my second one? Should we do Taz's one? Uh, yeah, go go with yours. Go, what, what have you got? All right. Okay. The, the second one I came up with, I in fact came up with today, and, and again is based on the idea that the line, the boy was the spouse of justice and a slave to science, is something that somebody says. Though in this case, it's a little bit more sarcastic. This one's a superhero game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the shtick, which I have actually written down, because it was either that or watch code I'd written fall over and die repeatedly. There is a city. There are superheroes. The the, the premier superheroes of the city, Lord and Lazy Ju- Lady Justice, kept watch over the place, stopping villains firmly and fairly, and... In the process, they earned the grudging respect of the criminal community for it. That you know, if you'd genuinely done nothing wrong, then you genuinely had nothing to fear 
from them. And if you had done something wrong, well, they'd probably beat the crap out of you. But proportionally? And so they've they've retired. They have passed the the mantle of being the superheroes onto the next generation, the so-called Justice Twins. And the daughter of Justice is doing her folks proud. The son of Justice is more like the spouse of Justice in that he's only really got a vague idea of what his other half does and no idea how they do it and isn't actually that interested. But he is right into the applications of science to root out injustice and to stop crime before it happens. Does he have a case of the mads? Well, yeah, that's what's got everybody a little bit worried with his his new initiative to stop crime before it's thought of. Mm. And also, has anybody seen the Daughter of Justice recently? And, yeah, basically what what I thought of was just somebody saying, Son of Justice, yeah, more like disinterested spouse of justice. What happens when your superhero becomes a tyrant? And what happens when they've actually lost sight of justice because they're more interested in stamping out any and all sorts of crime through increasingly autonomous solutions. Interesting. It sounds like that lines up with um, Zurcher's idea from the forum and my one pretty closely as well. So do you want to read out, read out Zurcher's idea? Because it's, it's more of a me- mechanical thing to go there. Yeah, Uh, Zurcher writes. Strangely enough, the first thing to hit me was a game mechanic. Take Fate Accelerated or any other aspect-driven game and mandate two aspects as part of character creation. Married to and slave to. For example, the captain is married to his ship and a slave to his ego. The first officer is married to logic and a slave to cold emotion. A normal boy might be married to school and a slave to hormones. Our boy with a capital B sounds like a superhero sidekick, maybe with cybernetics that allow him to function. And wouldn't it be good fun if his mentor was a slave to vengeance? Hmm. Which does put me in mind of Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. Yes. Yeah, in a horrible way, that makes sense. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to actually build. That That's like a central, it's a core character kind of trait thing. And, you know, you could also, uh, you could tell the first individuals were definitely sketches of, my brain has gone blank. Think Star Trek. I know, I know, <laughs> the word's missing. Zap Brannigan and Kiff. Yeah, Zap, no. yeah, Zap Brannigan and Kiff. Yep, nice. Um, yep, James T. Kirk and Spock. So, yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting approach. I'm not married to the idea of calling it married to, partially because of that and partially because it kind of, it's a bit meh. But I, I kind of idea, get the idea of the, the, the association, the strong kind of one is the duty and one is the, the other is more an obsession or something like that. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. And that could work into... Um, the idea that you've brought up, except you've kind of, you've, you've set up the setting and possibly the, you know, the, the inciting incident and so forth. I had a similar idea. And if I, I might go through that and we can see if we can, we can work those together. Makes sense. Okay. 
similar sort of idea established city-wide respected sort of superhero society sometimes you know some of them are more sort of pro-vigilante some of them you know are you know the 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 ones that kind of flip-flop between villainy and an anti-hero and hero depending on what's going on as you know others pretty much you know that they maintain their place but it's been going on for long enough and we can sidebar about the horrifying prospect of hereditary superpowers and how that would have, how that would evolve over a long period of time later. But it's gone on long enough that they they started having arranged marriages to like secure alliances and, and you know arrangements and, 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 and so forth between these families. And to some extent, like with celebrities, they're the only people who know what their lives are like. They're the only people they 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 may meet and be able to be normal around because the stresses and so forth of, of the 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 roles in society and the jobs that they do is quite quite unusual. Okay. So it's not like a a done thing though. So when the sign of of a you know, family of villains is um, betrothed to one of the you know one of the uh, one of the big the big hero houses, as it were. It, it's it's seen as a sort of a contentious move. The fact it's between the affiancing, if I'm getting that right, is between the inflexible gavel of street justice and the obsessive techno boy just makes it seem like an even worse idea. Yeah, what one of those ones where you're predicting the first trial separation sometime between the vows and the cake <laughs> yes yes if, if, if even if the wedding goes ahead there's going to be like a you know chain link fence down the middle of the aisle <laughs> and and the game idea that i'd come up with is that this this pair have basically been told okay you're engaged now deal with it but they also have to be seen to be working together and for it to be a real thing so a bunch of their peers, age group kind of people who know them, have been detailed to chaperone them around the city to either stop them, you know, openly throwing down, or possibly just from getting along too well, because th- that also seems like a bad thing. And the players get to play a bunch of teenage-ish superheroes with their own, their own problems, their own agendas, trying to keep these two from, like, melting down in public. You can't let them get to the point where it goes into open hostilities, because then the marriage is off, and yeah. presumably that's going to be a problem stability-wise. Equally, this probably forces who don't want them to get too chummy, because nobody's 100% on what that might do, stability-wise. Yeah... Except this is this is a business arrangement, but the idea of 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 one of them being flipped to being on the other team enthusiastically is like they're not so keen on this, and it's it's all a bit it's all a bit desperate. But um, if if it, if it goes smoothly enough, you know, you can establish you know that the, the, there isn't going to be a effectively a turf war between superheroes, which is in itself a frightening concept. I mean, things that puts me in mind of, oddly enough, uh, the Nightwatch series. 
Yes, actually. It's been a long time since I've thought about that. Which, yeah. as a brief recap for people who haven't read them or watched the vaguely related movie, is more or less about the uneasy truths between nominally good and nominally evil supernatural creatures existing in the modern world Mm. and the two sort of opposing watchers who keep tabs on each other yes the the night watch and the day watch Mm. made up of members of the light and the dark others respectively the others yes yeah and they some of them are sort of vampires and some of them are sort of other things they're all kind of it's a bit nebulous and all kind of it's russian also so it's it's, i think it's more the the light and dark are more separated by the level of pragmatism that they have towards uh other people's suffering more or less yeah you you do get the idea that towards the end of it, you know, the good guys are the good guys because they're the good guys. Says so on the tin. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. If there was if there was something that needed to be done and and the costs would be costs, uh, uh, would be horrific, the good guys would just do it, kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, ooh, okay, you guys are both horrible. Interesting. One is a bit more flashy about how horrible they are. But <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. That would be an interesting one. I'm not sure what the resolution would be. I mean, it would to a certain extent it would depend on whether you have anybody actually playing the unwilling betrothed. It would probably be more entertaining if you had like a six person party playing something like masks and have the um, people who who are enthusiastic to play bitchy, uncooperative teenagers with superpowers. Mm. Otherwise, the GM would be pulling double duty and talking to themselves a lot, which would be less fun than actually the players have at it. I was wondering whether masks would be a good one, because, yeah, with the way that... with the way that sort of labels and, and things shift in that game, what starts out as two groups of three, where one person from each group is kind of... Um, betrothed to the other one is going to get more complicated as time goes by. Oh yeah, I think that could be hilarious. It's like the engaged couple are either actually attracted to one another, and and you know somebody else in, in either side really thinks that's a bad idea because they've got vested interests, um, or people are thinking, okay. This is this is getting a, this is getting a bit much. Maybe they shouldn't they shouldn't be quite as affectionate to one another in public because that would seem weird. Or maybe they just loathe one another, and the rest of the party's just trying to keep them from just like falling apart completely. And in the mix in with that, the others have their own agendas and their own stories to deal with. Masks is an excellent choice for this. He says with an evil grin on his face. Because it's going to turn into an enormous fur, fur-lined ocean-going fuck-up, <laughs> as as the uh, the phrase goes. Yeah, yeah, it could be it could be pretty spectacular. I think a good good set of inspiration for that would be for that sort of game would be the show Gotham, because there are a lot of sort of romantic and 
um, vengeance and vengey romantic related relationships. Um, Revengeance. <laughs> yes, practically certain that's not a real word, and it does yes. kind of sound like a robot grudge squad. That's also a good plan. Um, mm. but, yeah, so the and and while the characters are allegedly adults, and that they do behave like teenagers, well, many of the characters are allegedly adults. They do behave like teenagers quite a bit of the time. So, yeah. it would probably be good. Good um, is and these sort of fluctuating alliances, allegiances, and affections. It'd be a good template. It probably you'd speed up the time frame a bit for a. Uh, to make it suitably hormonal and for a, for a short a, a shorter time span game, but yeah, I think that could work. Mm. I mean, masks from from what I've been told does come into its own when it's played as an extended game, just mm. because of the way that those those relationships twist under pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have great fun if the two betrothed actually start liking each other while mm. at the same time either within their own groups or within the other person's groups there are people who think they would be much better suited to them mm, absolutely there yeah. you you could get into this horrifying sort of i don't know weird love hexagon octagon is the standard for anime so hexagon's probably about right yeah <laughs> Wow, that must get really confusing. Yeah, I, I think cl- that... clearly haven't watched enough am- anime. <laughs> At least I deeply misunderstood Assassination Classroom, which is possible. Uh, fair enough. Um, so yeah, yeah, the idea of, of making it teenage romance angst with... I-beams. You know, I-beams, yeah. Luck lasers. Luck lasers? Oh yes, yes, I'm re- I am recalled now. Yep. <laughs> no, I think that would be pretty hilarious. I'm just trying to think back to your idea, and that would be a bit more possibly straight up mystery with superheroes and superpowers kind of deal. Yeah, either mystery or uneasy alliance, where you know the the remnants of the city's super villain and just regular villain contingent who have been on the run you've got the dispirited on the out group of the of the city's sort of superheroes and vigilantes and all that kind of thing who are simply unable to keep up with the impossible standards of behavior expected by son of of justice the two groups forming an uneasy alliance to, okay, so we kick the shit out of this guy. We're all assuming at this point that the daughter of justice is locked up in a broom closet somewhere. We let her out out and then everything goes back to the way it was, right? Are we agreed? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The idea that, you know, he, the, the, the justice lad is now has access to the crime computer and all of the, um, all of the all of the gear, mm. and is using it with no restraint or 
Yeah. No, that could be. But yes, it would be possibly one that, yes, again, it would be an alliance between. Like, okay. It was one thing when they knew what they were doing, but this kid is just out of his mind. Yes. You can have some fun with sort of people of, you know, why? Are you a supervillain at all? No, I run a grocery store. Why are you here? My brother just got thrown into jail because apparently the crime computer predicted that he was going to litter. QA from the audience. Yeah, yeah it could be interesting. Cool. And since superheroes came up, um, I should mention that I I found out with like about three hours to go before it finished about a Kickstarter for an interesting-looking superhero RPG called Is It a Plane? Okay. Which is described as a comic book RPG which replaces dice with pens. Okay. It is a superhero game. Players draw their intended actions rather than describe them. And you may have been uh, attempting to fireball a villain and launch them through a building. But what happens next is whatever the editor thinks you were doing based on your drawing. So it's like the party game doodle. It's Pictionary, the the superhero RPG. Okay. I just thought I'd mention it because it came up at precisely the most appropriate, sort of thematically appropriate moment for the idea that I'd had. So so that was quite nice. Fair enough. Like with the uh, dance-off mechanic, there are circumstances where that would be a trial, I suspect. (laughs) Yep. Speaking of art, though, I understand from the Facebooks that you have had a character portrait drawn for a character, which is actually in a game which you are, you are playing in. Indeed, though this is not like I commissioned anything. This was no, no. This is this is better, if anything. Indeed, yes, <laughs> spontaneous uh, art. Yes, after the the formation of a a Dungeons and Dragons meetup in the town that that I am living in. By somebody who was not me. They then discovered that a pub within town has been having Dungeons and Dragons on a Monday night for quite a while and are happy for other people to come along and run games or play games there as well. Wow. Thus, on last Monday night, I wandered along for a one-shot session. We have played part one of the one-shot because... Of course we have. It's it's a one-shot. I've never... It's very rare that a one-shot ever takes one session, in, in my limited experience. Mm-hmm. It may be my first run-in with... with Fifth Ed. I'm mm-hmm. not 100%. I do remember playing something at a Gen Con a few years ago, but I cannot remember whether that was Pathfinder or uh, Fifth Edition... Uh, D&D. All these D&D floozies look the same after a while, kind of attitude there, but yes. <laughs> Maybe a little. Um, I know it wasn't 4th edition, because I have played 4th edition. The way that particular game was run did remind me very much of World of Warcraft, the analogue edition. <laughs> was there was there any Thacko? 
In the game, there was no Thaco in the game that um, on Monday that, uh, that so. I played on Monday. Uh, so. Yeah, it's definitely Fifth Ed that, that, that I'm sure of. I'm just not sure whether <laughs> I've ever played it ah, right, right, before. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so in any case, it was make up the party, and it turned out that one of the players who hadn't played for about ten years, actually a pretty good artist, and mm. did a sketch of the party. Which now that I look at it, at least some of the characters are very heavily based on the um, on the players because certainly the picture of my my half orc has a pose that I do I, I have used before my sort of stroking beard thinky face come, yeah. comes through on that one. Yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was it was pretty. Um... It was it was a good likeness of your orc self, <laughs> indeed. Um, but that I think is the first time that anybody that I've ever had a a picture of a character I have played done by somebody who wasn't me. Um, mm. And most of the ones I did were taking a sheet of tracing paper to the rule book and then modifying it a bit. Mm. Yeah, awesome. We will see what happens. We now, as as tends to happen with uh, with role playing games. Having made up a bunch of um, characters and gotten right into the scenario, well, one of the players can't make it next week, so we'll have to come up with something else. <laughs> Drag along some of your hippie um, talking stick games and really blow their minds. Yes, that is more or less the plan. <laughs> yeah, there does seem to be ample opportunity for sort of one-shots or, or short-run games. So um, if, if anybody out there in audience land has some suggestions for stuff from the previous 107 episodes of one-shots that should be inflicted on people. I mean, run for people. Let me know. Yeah, we have that catalogue, and we have, well, not copious spare time. We should definitely start weaponizing some of those ideas for ourselves. And mm. Then we can put them on the website and get that sweet, sweet homemade RPG um, clicks. Oh, yeah. Start up some sort of recorded in a pub actual play podcast. Because what everybody needs to hear is gaming plus the slurping of beer. Actually, that's pretty much the Happy Jacks MO <laughs> now that I yeah. think of it. They, they, they have their own uh, acoustically baffled environment. But yeah, some people would, would actually probably enjoy the ambiance of, you know, Pork scratchings and, and lager being consumed along with the role playing. I mean, not it's not everyone's cup of tea, but you know, it, it, it is a little bit interesting playing Dungeons and Dragons in a historic tavern. That is pretty good. <laughs> is there is there is there an old guy who's come to talk to you about the adventure yet, or a shit cloaked shadowy cloaked figure sitting in the corner? Because <laughs> that would just be hilarious. <laughs> not yet, but I'm hoping that something will happen um, eventually. Yeah, that, that's what you get for for you know, be, uh, living in a place like that. Please, at the front, it was like, please sign our doomsday book. A little bit, yes. I I haven't yet. I should actually check into it and see whether I can find a pub that was in existence before any human beings got to New Zealand. That 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 that's the next goal. That's all. That's a little more tricky, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, the the pub ambience actual play made me think of some of something which I haven't actually tracked down for a while. There is a Sisters of Mercy cover band, you know, industrial goth thing, yep. with the terribly awesome name of Mistress of Jersey. Okay. And I 
believe I listened to some back in the, the like the the early days of when you could get audio on the internet, um, and you know embedded things on web pages. I could have swear, I could have sworn at the time, though this was early days and it was not like a high quality, um, it uh, audio, that it was basically it was it th- it sounded like a perfect cover with pub music. And my suspicion it was just a recording of Sisters of Mercy in a pub. <laughs> like not even not even playing. I think it was just the music of being played on a jukebox in a pub. <laughs> right. So there's no actual band. It's just a jukebox and some the sense of humour. That or that or they had meticulously created the Sisters of Mercy sound to the point that it only the, the only difference is you've got background noise. Uh, so they've gone from being a covers band to a tribute band. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember the year when Student Radio discovered a Ukrainian band that played. The covers of the Smiths, but sung in the Ukrainian language. Cool. Yeah, it's only marginally. It was only marginally less co- uh, comprehensible. Right. That made for some very weird driving late at night. So it was. It was good enough a copy that all you were sitting there. Am I having a stroke, <laughs> or is or is Robert Smith? Was that the Smiths, or was that Morrissey? Was the I can't remember. I always get those confused. Anyway, we possibly drifted off top. Yeah, the Smiths and uh, this Morrissey was in the Smiths. Yeah, and Robert Smith was in the Cure. Yeah, he was in the Cure. <laughs> poor, poor, poor old Fat Bob. Eh. <laughs> he seemed to be reasonably cheerful about it. I'm not sure that 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 was um, for a goth band that was legal, but okay. <laughs> um, okay, so superheroes legal systems entertaining game systems arranged marriage and judicial overreach by superheroes yeah I I think our work here is done (laughs) but you didn't do anything didn't I do we have anything else to add to the um no I think that's pretty much it apart from maybe pitching the next episode shall I do this one sure All right. Um, So, the pitch for episode 109 comes to us from Thunderstep and reads, The survey team's last contact filled me with elation and dread. Cool. Thank you, Thunderstep. And thank you, Will Myers, for that string of words, which we actually turned into some pretty crazy ideas. Yeah, I, I had fun with that one. I'm more keen on the superhero idea than the courtroom idea, to be honest. But that may just be because it involves more punching. <laughs> well, that wasn't until I heard about the... Sorry, what was the quote? That's when I heard about the high standards of personal hygiene and all that dancing. What is that from? It's from Black Books. It was Bernard Black explaining that why he wasn't gay. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I especially enjoy the the venom with which he says and all that dancing. He's a cheerful fellow. He is. All right. Well, thank you for listening to that audience. We hope you enjoyed it. 
mm-hmm. if you didn't enjoy it, I've got to ask why you're still listening at this point, either to the episode or to the show. In any case, we hope we'll see you next time for uh, episode 109, where we find out why the survey team's last contact filled us with elation and dread. Indeed. Thanks very much, guys. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!